Hi, everyone. My name is Rose Gutierrez, and welcome to my podcast, Timeless People with Rose. I'm bringing you stories to get you motivated to go out there and pursue your passions one story at a time. I'm super excited for my guest today. I get to speak to Chris Gaunt. Chris has an interesting story because Chris worked for 30 years as a businessman at a billion dollar company. One day he decided he was going to pursue his passion. Three years ago, he pursued acting, producing, writing, and he's making his big debut as a director soon. And I'm going to be quiet now and introduce you to Chris. Hi, Chris. Thank you. Welcome to Mi Casa. Good to see you again. And I can't wait to chat. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. You're doing great work. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So yeah, take us through your story, through your journey. I took a bit of a circuitous route to the acting entertainment world. And um, like you said, I actually worked for an $80 billion company for over 30 years, Rose. And um, it was a blast. I had a great time. I did a number of different responsibilities, had a number of different jobs, same company. So I'm very loyal to that company. I felt like I had about a 0.5% chance of getting hired by them. And I got hired by them and I never looked back. I thought, geez, it was so tough getting hired by these guys. I never want to leave. And I didn't. So I spent 30 years with them doing a number of different things. I managed a North American business segment for our company for many years. That was my last assignment. That was the US, Canada, and Puerto Rico, and managed a lot of people, a lot of big accounts. So I had a great time doing that. However, um, about four years ago, Rose, I won a very large, prestigious award with this company. It was kind of like the Oscars uh, for our company, and only five or six people in the world get it. And I remember as I was accepting that award, which I really had to work hard for, everyone does. I really viewed that as a gift. After a lot of hard work, nothing's easy, especially in corporate America. I thought as I was receiving that, you know, I've kind of climbed this mountain Uh, after 30 plus years, right around 30 years at that time, I'm really looking to do something else. I need another challenge. So um, about a year later, I decided to proactively retire or repurpose myself from that position. And then typical Chris, I dove right into the deep end and I started acting, producing, writing, and soon to be directing full time. I want, to, I want to go back, Chris, to the award. Talk to me a little bit about the award and what it entailed and why did you get it? Yeah, so about five or six people, I forget the exact number, across the globe were fortunate enough to get this. And actually, the gentleman I was working for had presented me many times. And it's so incredibly competitive because it was a global award that so few people are chosen. So when I got the word that I was chosen to receive that, I was ecstatic. I mean, like, wow, I really finally climbed the mountain that I wanted to climb with this company. And it had to do with a bunch of different things, Rose. It had to do with, obviously, if you're in sales, it's about making your number and making the quota, but also other things like managing people, not turning employees because they want to continue to work with you and for you. And then also really working on their behalf to try to get them where they want to be uh, from a career standpoint as well. Even if they didn't want to get promoted, are they being as productive as they could be or wanted to be? Are they happy? Uh, Are they feeling good about their contributions to the company at that time? And that's really important to me. So I really uh, took that responsibility very seriously. And I was, again, delighted to get that uh, award. But I did know, and I I remember this vividly, I did know as I was accepting that award, I thought, okay, there's really not much more I can do within the context of this uh, specific position or job. So I knew I thought that would be a perfect time you know, when the time is right, about a year later for me to exit stage left and then start a new career. What's the name of the award, Chris? 
is called the William Proctor Sales Mastery Award. It's a long name, but in our world, it's a big deal. Outside of our world, no one really knows about it, but we knew about it in the context of our company. So that was big, you know, in our company. So that was neat. And just to be recognized by my peers and upper management group, that was really fantastic. And again, it's hard work, just like this industry. I mean, we think of this as, um, you know, the entertainment industry, but it is a job. So Rose, I really took those principles that I learned in the business world, and I've done my best to try to reapply them to this world. And that's really treating this job like you're the CEO of your own company. This because it is a business, although it's an incredibly fun and rewarding business, it is a business. So if you well, Chris, attack hold it, on. I wanted to ask you one thing. Yeah. Out of all careers, why did you pivot into acting? How did that yeah. happen? It's a great question. Uh, when I was a little boy, so when I was, gosh, I remember this vividly, when I was 12, I was asked by my eighth grade music teacher to audition for a play. And um, I didn't really think I could act. Uh, it actually was a musical of all things. I knew I couldn't sing. <laughs> and they, there was even some dancing in there and I knew I couldn't dance. But other than that, I was a great choice. So I, I took the leap of faith and I remember auditioning for her. Uh, her name was Miss Izzo. I got cast in that. Uh, I didn't have a very large part, but I remember feeling incredibly empowered in that moment. Like this to me was a team. It was very, I'm a love athletics. So I love all sports. So to me, it resembled uh, kind of being on the sports field. I mean, you're, you're getting together with a group of people in a very specific amount of time. You don't have to learn pl uh, plays, but you have to learn lines and you have to learn choreography and you have to learn where to be and what to say and what to do. So to me, it kind of mimicked being on the sports field because I love football, still do baseball, basketball, tennis, golf. So it really brought that home to me. And I thought, man, if and when I can ever get back to that, I can't wait to get back to that. And not many middle-aged guys can go out on a football field now and play tackle football, but a lot of middle-aged guys like me and gals can go out there and act, produce, write, direct, do whatever they want to do. So I knew, and I had a game plan once I exited the business world. And fortunately, I was able to do this uh, after you know a lot of thought and planning that once I proactively exited, I knew right away, and it wasn't even a month later, that I dove headfirst into the deep end and started acting, producing, writing, and again, soon to be directing. So there was no gradual transition into it. I went into it right away. And we can get into that more a little bit if it'll help your audience understand that journey. Yeah. So for eighth grade, Ms. Izzo said, hey, why don't you just audition for this play? When you yeah. went in and agreed to audition for the play, you must have some sort of love for acting. Or was it because you wanted to, like other little boys, meet the girls? Because that's where all yeah. the girls are hanging out. Yes, on both accounts. On my particular instance, I mean, I've been in love with really good films and my family was too. And my I'm the oldest of four kids. So my brother, my, myself, my two sisters and younger brother, we would talk about good films and television, good television all the time, Rose, as kids growing up. Also, my parents were really into it as well. So one of my favorite memories as a kid, a young boy was going to the movies and theater with my parents. I just loved it. It was, especially anything live was amazing, but just really good cinema was amazing. And then the cool thing about it as a family, we would talk about it. We would talk about the roles. We would talk about, you know, the choices the director made. We would talk about dialogue. We would talk about where it was shot. I mean, we really, we, we, we really did a deep dive on it. And we continued to do that constantly through growing up. Was that so also I, with your other siblings or just with you? Yes. 
Okay. Now, it, and we still do it, by the way. So I'm sure it's really annoying with people that don't know our family. When we get together as a family, you know, after the pleasantries are exchanged, we almost immediately go into, what are you streaming? You know, what good shows are you streaming? What films have you watched? Why do you love them? You know, what do you recommend? It's all about that. And it still is, you know, years and years and years later, we haven't, we haven't changed a bit. And it's really that love that keeps me into this and into the industry so much. To answer your question, yeah, she introduced me, Miss Izzo, back when I was, gosh, 12. 12 years old, introduced me to it kind of formally, but I had been loving film and theater since as long as I can remember, as well as my family members. And then it's been a constant passion and love since I've been a little kid up until adulthood and now, you know, where I am today. Wonderful. The fact that you just mentioned you were the oldest of four kids tells me why you won that award, the leadership skills. Age. My dad died at a young age. And uh, that will do it when you lose a loved one, especially a parent when he's relatively young. And I was relatively young. You really grow up very quickly. So I think those skills have followed with I've been, you know, I've had those skills the rest of my life. You know, that stick to that work ethic, that refusing to give up. And it wasn't by choice, but it just happened and it worked out. So mm-hmm. although tragic in some ways, um, you know, it made me grow up and become a man very quickly and, and no regrets in that respect. So on yeah, we go. And it made you the person you are today. It all adds to the experience, right? Yeah. So three years ago, how did you transition in? I know you you didn't you said it wasn't a slow process and like you just dove right in. What did you do first? Did you know what like, to do? <laughs> like yeah, initially yeah. as an actor? No. I had no idea what to do. So other than my love of you know the performing arts, I had zero idea what to do. So what I do is I'm a big believer in research. So I hopped on and fortunately we have the internet, right? So I hopped on and I started getting free advice and coaching from casting directors that were known in the industry. And I remember following some specific casting directors. They were on the West coast that said, Hey, if you're diving into this, regardless of the age, be prepared for a couple of things and be gracious. One is be, be prepared to work your tail off and to learn, 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 and then learn some more. And two, be prepared to work tough and hustle and not get paid candidly. I mean, don't be humble, be hardworking, be diligent, and then take each one of those experiences on set as just that, you know, be, be gracious that you got the opportunity to be on set and got cast in something and then learn as much as you can and work for free for a few years. So believe it or not, Rose, my wife and I and our two dogs, because our two kids are in their 20s now and out of the home. We got in our car. Uh, we live in New York and we must have put 100,000 miles on our car in two years. And I'm not kidding, Rose. I did, I don't know, 20 to 25 to 30 films all across the East Coast, predominantly in New York City, in that greater New York area, north of New York, in New England, even on the West Coast. And you basically work for free or for very little. And I was happy to do it. Why? Because you get that experience. And when I say free, what I mean is, I'm on every single acting portal, auditioning my tail off, self-tapes and live auditions. And as you know, oftentimes with self-tape or live auditions, when you hear nothing, that means you don't get the role and you just dust yourself off and move on to the next role. If I was fortunate enough to land a role, we'd hop in the car with our two dogs and off we go, regardless of where it was. And we put thousands and thousands of miles on our car. And now I'm doing work on the East Coast and West Coast. So I've graduated from student films and student college thesis films and commercials and music videos. And now I'm knee deep into really good, uh, well thought out short films and feature films. So in a relatively short amount of time, and that goes for the acting and producing side, 
uh, as well. So in a relatively short amount of time, because of that work ethic that I adopted at an early age, you just figure out a way to get it done. So for me, it's, it's having that work ethic, saying yes to everything provided that you're not compromising yourself, whatever that may mean. I said yes to everything. If I was given the opportunity, I couldn't wait to say yes, hop in the car and go, and then do your best to deliver to the best of your ability so that they like your performance because it makes them look better. And then hopefully they'll ask you to come back and do something else for them, whether it's a student film or a commercial or a music video or a short film or a feature film. It's all the same. It's a business and you have to bring it when you're cast. You better bring it. You better be prepared. That's a mouthful, right? Yeah, but it gives us a nice vivid picture of your journey and what you went through to get to where you are today. Anyone listening that's trying to pursue a career in acting or anything else, you have to put the work in. Nothing. And you know what? Shame, shame on you if you don't. If you, if you do a crummy job on a self-tape and you're not giving it your all, or you do a cr- crummy job on an audition, if it's a live audition, or if you roll in a set or onto a set and you're not prepared, shame on you. That's yeah. my opinion. And you shouldn't be asked to come back and they shouldn't have cast you in the first place. So in my opinion, you over-prepare and you over-deliver. Over-prepare, over-deliver, refuse to be outworked, refuse to be out-hustled, and then just keep going. Don't get down in the dumps. My Meisner teacher said something to us that always sticks out in my mind. He said, when you walk into an audition, this is before COVID when we had in-house auditions. Yeah. Make sure you may not be the most talented there, but you better make sure you're the hardest worker there. You better make sure that you worked your tail off. Just like you said, there's no such thing as over-preparing, especially today because we have the internet. You got on the internet, you did research, and you went to free workshops, free casting workshops. You just started to get information when you knew nothing about how to break into this business, which is a hard business to break into, especially at our age. It's at at any age is a hard business to break into, right? And networking is so important. And what is so golden because you went in and you started doing student films. Later on, these kids become big directors. Exactly. And producers and writers. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you, Mm -hmm. you make a friend or a colleague for life, especially when they're young, you know, I'm middle-aged, but they're young. So you could work with them so many more times if you do good work. Tell us about I mean, a time where it was, uh, when you were lugging your, your, your wife, <laughs> your, your poor wife and, and the dogs on a trip. And could you tell us a story about that? Or maybe that your wife was like, exactly. we can be so, at a beach in Aruba <laughs> sipping drinks with umbrellas. Two years ago, I'm, uh, we're driving from where we live to a place on Long Island where the location was. It was a young lady who was making an independent film and she lived in a beautiful home on Long Island. And of course, we're bringing our dogs with us and we're struggling to find a hotel that will accommodate my wife and I and our two furry friends. So we end up staying in probably the rattiest hotel you can imagine, Rose. And um, and not to be braggy here at all, but when I was on the business side, I mean, we really stayed in beautiful, beautiful places. We ate very well. I was very fortunate. We ate very well. And we always had beautiful accommodations, beautiful hotels. And I thought, oh my gosh, look where I've come, or in this case, where I haven't come. You know, if you look where I am now versus where I was two years ago, it, it's incredible. So we're staying at kind of a, you know, a free trap. It's humbling, isn't it? It's humbling. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm going to this, and I'm telling my wife, I'm going to this woman's, young lady's beautiful home, and her parents are actually hosting the shoot, and they're making us food, and it's lovely, uh, a really, really well-heeled home on Long Island. And then at night, after a 12-hour shoot day, and you know the drill there, 
I'm lugging myself back and my poor wife is stuck there with our dogs in this flea bag hotel. <laughs> so, and I can give you so many examples like that, or we're doing one film, uh, you know, on a Friday that shoots into a Saturday, we pack up on a Saturday and I drive three or four or 500 miles to get to the next film where I have a part on a Sunday into Monday. And we've done that countless times, you know, transversing the, the US. So, but it's all part of it. If you're not willing to do that, in my humble opinion, then it's probably not, not the right career path for you. You have to log and slug and put in those hours and that time to one, learn the business, but also prove yourself and to see if you really like doing it. And if, if not, then maybe it's not the career for you. Yeah. And listen, you're very passionate about your work and what you want to do. And you're doing this. It is so important to surround yourself with, with like-minded people that are in the industry. But then it's another yes. thing to have the people that are closest to you support you and well still love you and still root for you. So kudos to your wife, I want to say. That. Yeah. I mean, we've been married 30, going on 31 years in June. Uh, God bless her. In the business world, I traveled quite a bit. I had a very demanding role. And then obviously, you know, with uh, acting, producing, writing, and directing, I mean, that's pretty demanding as well. And uh, she's been a, not only a terrific partner, but also a terrific cheerleader. If I'm down in the dumps on something, or I didn't really think I performed well in an audition or a self-tape, she'll cheer me up. She's my reader for all my self-tapes. If my kids aren't around, my kids were happened to be visiting us this weekend. So they, I did three auditions in our basement this weekend, self-tape audition. So I had my kids reading for me, my wife reading for me. Uh, you know, if I could have my dogs reading for me, I'd teach them to do it. But they've been an incredibly support uh, and a supporting network for me. So I'm very, very fortunate to have a loving wife and then two wonderful children. That's amazing. And that's beautiful. Yeah. That's so great yeah. that you have that beautiful family to support you, Chris. That really Thank you. And they've been really cool about me doing this because this isn't for everyone. I mean, like you said, I could have easily kicked back on a beach and which would drive me crazy. I'd be bored in one minute. So for me, this, this career path is just what I need. I love the adrenaline rush. I love staying busy. I have, I've, you can probably tell I have a ton of energy, boundless energy. And that's what I think this industry takes because without that, you can really get down in the dumps. And I think you can lose your zest and zeal for doing it very quickly. So develop a thick skin, love what you're doing, take every opportunity as though it's a gift because it is, no one has to cast you. And if you're not up for it, there's 50 or hundred or 200 people right behind you that'll take that role gladly. So be humble and thankful for everything you're fortunate enough to get and then do your best and knock it out of the park when the lights go on. That's the magic. You're so focused. You yeah. went from acting, producing, writing, and now the directing. How did that come into play? Talk to us about that. Yeah, so I, I linked up with a gentleman from a great guy named Shane Alden from New Light Media Films. And uh, he and I have done a couple of short films together and I've acted in and then helped him produce several of those projects. And he was kicking around an episodic that will be an eight part series. It'll air on Amazon, like all of his films have, which is very exciting. And uh, they, these will be eight uh, little episodes, six or seven minutes each, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a pretty darn big project. And a couple of weeks ago, as we were planning this out, he called me and said, Hey man, um, I want to focus some of my effort and time on some other things in this production. Would you be willing to help or direct most of these. And of course I said, yes, why not? And we'll have some helpers, you know, some assistant directors as well that have directed before that will be by my side. Uh, we also have the young lady that this story is based on, the episodes are based on. She'll be right by my side, making sure that we're doing this with 
authenticity and integrity. But what a wonderful opportunity to once again, Rose, dive into the deep end and, and begin directing. I'll help them produce it. And then I'll, I'm going to direct it as well. Talk to us a little bit about the story. Tell us about this because you said uh, the young lady that the story is based around will be on set with you. So talk to us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the the story is called Against the Ropes. And it's about true story about a young woman named Michaela, who uh, the gentleman Shane Alden was a professional wrestler. Yes, the guys you see on television throwing bodies around and jumping off the ropes. And when he's not doing that, he has a full time job, an eight to five job. And then when he's not doing that, he loves to do short films. So he ran into Michaela when she was extremely young and she was a woman in a male dominated wrestling world who wanted to become a female professional wrestler. And she did at the age of like 13. So from 13 to about 19 or 20, she was a professional wrestler. And um, as a result of many injuries, because it's a very physical grinding, you know, physically grinding world and life that they live for a short, short amount of time, if they're lucky to last that long. Uh, so she had to retire because of concussions, unfortunately. And now she's, you know, in her late 20s, early 30s. So the story is about that journey. So her becoming a professional wrestler in a male dominated industry at the time uh, or profession. And also she was coming out sexually at that time as well. So interestingly enough, she was in high school and she was grappling with not only do I become a, uh, you know, a female wrestler in this male dominated industry, but also she was grappling with how best to come out sexually. And um, she did that. So, I mean, not that high school isn't tough enough for many of us, but she was dealing with those two big things in her life. So we want to capture that because we think, I think it's very interesting because I haven't seen that captured on film maybe ever, you know, a female wrestler who did very well following her passion, despite a lot of obstacles and also grappling with how do I come out sexually uh, in a world that may or may not accept who I am from a sexual standpoint. So to me, it's a cool story that I think needs to be told and hopefully uh, people will dig it. Amazing. And it's going to yeah. be on Amazon and tell us the name again. Uh, it's called Against the Ropes Great. and we'll shoot those eight episodes through May and June and then we'll lock and load and get it uploaded onto Amazon. So that'll be a blast. You went from being a businessman and then you said, I'm going to be an actor, producer, writer. Was director in there too? Is this something you manifested? And now you're going to be directing a, an eight-part series on Amazon. Yeah, I always wanted to direct. So, I mean, even before acting, I mean, I always would go back after I saw a really cool film or television series or show that I really liked and say, and I would say to myself, would I have directed it that way? Would I have chosen, you know, that particular uh, thing to do or not do? How would I have done that differently? So, and I'm, I love, you know, some of the directors that I've followed for years and years and years. I'm a, a student of them. And, you know, again, you, you, you kind of crawl, walk, and then run in, in this industry. So I'll definitely be crawling through this and learning from people that have done it many, many times. Mm -hmm. I'll try to learn as much as I can, like I always do. And then I'd love to direct for the rest of my life, as well as, you know, continue to act, produce, and write all, all four. You know, it's a nice uh, for effect. Uh, but I will say for the listeners, Rose, and you know this because you've been doing this much longer than I, but it is hard work. So, and again, this is kind of like, I don't want to sound preachy, but I mean, it really is hard work. So if you're not prepared to grind it out and to work hard, it may not be the profession uh, or the avenue you want to take in life. Because as you know, Rose, you hear kind of crickets as we were talking before the podcast. Oftentimes when you audition, you don't even hear no, you just hear nothing. And for me, that was the toughest part to get used to, not hearing anything. So you couldn't seek to understand, how can I get better? What could I have done better? And oftentimes, maybe it's nothing because it's such a, such a subjective industry. 
So I think developing that thick skin and practice, 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 be well prepared and just never give up, you know, refuse to be out work, refuse to be out hustled. And if you have that mindset, you know, my around my house in my office, I have this motto and it sounds cliche and maybe corny. It's uh, do what you think you can't. And every day I look at that. Every day I look at those words, do what you think you can't. And if you develop that mindset and mentality, it's amazing what you can get done in life, whether it's acting or doing something totally different. Uh, it's amazing if you get yourself into that, that headspace and that mindset, what can be accomplished. There's no stopping you. Yeah. you just keep going. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with you 1000%. You know, don't give up. It's going to happen. Get I've to been it. doing this for 20 plus years. And of course, I had to raise my family. That's a huge task. It's a huge responsibility. Just to tap on what you were just saying, it's so true. Because in this business, you audition and you don't hear anything. You hear crickets and then you get discouraged. It has so many highs and lows. I know. Book something, you're feeling great. And then you hear crickets (laughs) and then you're like, oh man, nothing's happening. What happens to a lot of people, Chris, is we get discouraged and we lose focus and we divert our attention to something else. We can't give the universe cross signals. You kept that focus and Mm -hmm. what happened? Someone offered you, it found you. It finds you if you earn it. And it is based on a meritocracy. It's based on merit. You know, if you show up and you're overprepared, all the things we were just talking in your podcast, then, you know, those things don't just magically happen. You have to prove yourself. And to me, you're only as good as your last audition or only as good as your last performance. So every day to me is Super Bowl Sunday. Every day is game day. That's my mentality. It may not work for everyone. And if you are getting discouraged, then do something. Don't sit idly and quit. I mean, so for example, if you're not hearing anything uh, relative to auditions, you can write, you can produce, you can create your own content. Now with cell phone technology, you can write and produce and create your own content on your phone and it can be really meaningful and really good. I've seen so many shorts that are done that are anywhere from a minute to five minutes to 10 minutes on their on phones. And it's actually very well written, well produced, well executed. So if you're discouraged that you're not getting the big callback that you feel you deserve, then create your own content. And I think, Rose, and we were chatting this earlier, but in today's world, more than ever, so more than 20, 30 years ago where you couldn't do that, we have the beautiful advantage of being able to create our own content now. We can be our own creators and our own masters of our destination, our own CEOs. We don't have to wait for that callback. Create your own stuff. Create your own material and go do it. Yeah. Absolutely. There's so many opportunities now with the wonderful world of the internet, right? That we didn't have 20 and 30 years ago. You There's know. no excuses. If you want to create, create. And, you know? and so many platforms. And like you said, don't sit and wait. We can't sit and wait. If I don't sit and wait. I write. I created a podcast so I can talk to people just to keep rolling and putting out to the universe. Yes, this is what I want to do. This you is know? what I want to do. And, and I'm going to do it regardless. I mean, it all depends on what your objectives are. And you know, we were chatting this earlier before we went on air, but I mean, if your objectives are, geez, I want to be rich and famous, you know, 99.9% of the time you're chasing the wrong profession. I mean, you really, now there are people that have that, you know, that fortunate outcome, but if you really love what you're doing, if you're really pursuing it with all you have, then you'll be successful. And however you define success, you will be successful because you're doing what you love to do. 
That's what you love to do. That's what you're driven to do. So go do it. There's no excuses. What would you tell? I mean, you told you said a mouthful and you've given so much great advice and so much great information, Chris. Thank you so much. Of course. I like to talk to you really, really are. And I love your energy. What would you tell someone that's middle age? If you're kind of grappling with what you want to do for maybe, uh, for me, it's called a kind of a second act. That sounds a bit cliche, but for me, it really is a second act, you know, from the boardroom to the, the screen. And um, that was my decision. So find something that you're passionate about and that you absolutely love regardless of the outcome. And if you, again, it sounds a little cliche, but if you work hard and you study and you refuse to be outworked and out hustled, you will be successful. But I think there's things you can do to kind of uh, put yourself in a position to be more successful. One is study, study, study. Learn as much as you can about whatever profession you want to get into. For me, it was acting at first then producing, writing, and directing. And I learned as much as I could about acting, enroll in classes, enroll in an acting school, find a mentor, find a cheerleader, someone that's done the work that you want to do that can help you through that and can coach you through that. That's been really important in my my personal journey. Also, treat this like you're the CEO of a company. Be buttoned up. Get an IMDB page. You know, get on Facebook, get on Instagram, get on Twitter. I have a YouTube channel. You know, if you want to be respected as an actor, producer, writer, director, then you have to let people know you exist. It's hard to be hired if they don't know you exist. And I am on, I don't even know how many acting portals I'm on, on, but I can say it's a lot of acting portals. So I got myself on every available acting portal and probably much like you, Rose, I apply still for everything I can get my hands on, provided I feel that it's a project that I'm interested in. Audition your tail off, knowing that mostly you may hear no or hear nothing. You dust yourself off and you keep auditioning. You try to learn if you can learn from you know a, a situation that didn't go your way. And then when you're on set, you learn as much as you can so that you try to get just a little bit better with every opportunity. And that's my goal. Incrementally, a little bit better with each time at the plate. And then you're off to the races. Wow, beautiful. Where do you see yourself in five years? Well, I'd love to be doing more feature work. So I had a chance to produce a feature film, executive produce a feature film, which is in post-production right now called Follow Her. It's a fantastic psychological thriller. Pretty big budget for, a, for an independent uh, film. Mm-hmm. And that's in post now. That, so we want the world to be able to see that within three to six months. So I want to be doing more of that type of work on the acting side and uh, I'll produce more and I'll continue to produce when it makes sense on a project by project basis. So to answer your question in five years, I want to be a much more accomplished actor. And what I mean by that is really feeling more confident and better about the roles that I'm in. And when I'm in those roles, do my best to really knock them out of the park, coupled with producing projects that I'm interested in coupled with continuing to write because I love to write. So I've written a few screenplays that I want to see come to life, feature length films, as well as direct as much as possible. Acting, producing, writing, directing, and just never stop. I mean, I'm middle-aged and God willing, I can do this for another 30, 35 years. Wonderful. I'm not going to stop. (laughs) I won't stop. No, you better not because I'm going to keep my eye on you. So tell us what your IG is. What's your Instagram? Yeah, it's Chris Gaunt Actor. And you can find me all over social media. I have a YouTube, uh, Christopher Gaunt YouTube channel, uh, Facebook, Chris Gaunt, uh, Chris Gaunt actor is Instagram. And then my IMDB is under Chris Gaunt Roman numeral two. 
Amazing. Please follow him. If you're an actor, follow him on his platforms because he's someone to watch and you may be working in a project with him. I'm hoping that we'll work together one day aside from this podcast. That sounds great. I'd love to. That would be a wonderful opportunity. I'd really dig that. That'd be great. We'll talk again and I hope I can bring you on again. That would be great. And um, I'll I'll let you know also, Rose, when Follow Her uh, has its national premiere as well. That's a really well done psychological thriller. And I'm working a few other really large, um, nice short films that we hope to bring to feature length as well that are really well done. So right now I'm juggling five or six projects, both from the acting and uh, producing standpoint and soon to be directing. So I'll keep you posted. I love it. Thank you so much, Chris, for talking to Thanks, us. Thanks, Rose. And you're great. You. I love your enthusiasm and what you're doing for the entertainment community. Thank you for doing that. Thank you, Chris.